Hey there, this is Joey Vera from Armored Saint, and you are listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metal Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to another episode of that which we like to call Focus on Metal. So this week we are breaking into brand new territory because we've talked to all kinds of people in the music business. We always joke that when we did the uh, little mountain thing or the strange highways, yeah, the strange highways thing that we were going to even be talking to the, uh, the caterer for the strange highways tours. But uh, this week, yep, we actually found another thing to delve into, and that is the uh, the memorabilia market. And further to find it, it is really the high-end memorabilia market, as we are going to be talking this week with Tony Simerman, who is the CEO and creative director of Knucklebones. So yeah, the company that for 20 years now has made really killer rock icon statues of people like Randy Rhodes in the stuff with Lemmy and Queen and Kiss and just go to knucklebones.com. That's uh, Bones with a B-O-N-Z. And you can check out all the stuff they've currently have on offer and see just a lot of the incredible groups that they do licensed high-end merchandise for. And over time, Tony has supplanted and added to the Rock Icon series with the uh, 3D album art. Very, very cool. As well as the... uh, the tour series, which has got some really cool road case with classic stage props, like an ACDC road case, you open it up and you've got the uh, Hell's Bell Bell in there, all kinds of good stuff. You're going to hear the story behind those as well and how they transitioned from just doing the rock icons to some of the other stuff. And either way, whatever you buy from Knucklebones, you're going to like. But uh, just don't take my word for it as we are going to switch over and have my chat with the one, the only, Tony Simerman, the master of knuckle bones. All right, Metalheads, I am uh, very happy to talk to uh, Tony Simerman. You guys are going to go Tony who? But he is the CEO and creative director of Knuckle Bones. That's right, those guys that make all those really cool, limited, super detailed metal and hard rock theme good stuff. And uh, happy to have you on the show today, Tony. Hey, how are you? All right. It's uh, interesting. Uh, you know, I, I look at your bio, and you getting into this is kind of diametrically opposite to how I get into music, and in that you, you know, you talk about your father working at the Kennedy Center and bringing you down and letting you experience the bands and all that stuff. On the other hand, my parents wanted me to have nothing to do with music, hated every band I was in. So it's really cool to see somebody that went in it the opposite way and made such a great life out of it. Yeah, so he he was the manager of the concert hall at Kennedy Center. And it it's nice to describe it that way, that you know they were so uh, welcoming and everything. Hmm. The truth, the truth of the matter is, uh, both parents worked, and I just needed to be uh, in, in work at work with him. So that's, he just happened to work at the, the managed the concert hall, the most prestigious, one of the most prestigious halls in the world at that time. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, so. the fact that, you know, you got to see, you know, you're talking the bio about seeing Queen or also with, uh, you know, Frank Marino, Mahogany Rush and stuff. And I, I imagine you saw some some pretty amazing shows in that time period. Yeah, I was lucky. So I, I get to see the, the Kennedy Center stuff. And that's, you know, not only the, you know, the hard rock and and metal stuff, but uh, I had a skeleton key so I could wander around. So. <laughs> Yeah, Black Oak, Arkansas might be in the concert hall, and I'd go over to the opera house, and uh, the Bolshoi, you know, ballet would be there with Barishnikov or something like that. And wow. you just you just take it for granted, doesn't everybody walk around and run into <laughs> Barishnikov? Of course, of course, of course that happens. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is kind of weird when you do get used to actually being in venues and and having uh, you know been around in, in the backstage. And I've I've done a lot of local crew, and I've worked at a lot of the venues in the Boston area and stuff. And my co-host Richie, like the first time that we had like all access passes, he was a little bit out of his element because he was like, "What do you mean we can pretty much go wherever? What it's you, like you want to walk on stage? Yeah. Come on, we can go side stage." And and uh, that yeah. you know, you, you forget that you're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm really used to it, and this person isn't. But uh, yeah, it's very cool yeah. that you had that. Yeah, so it was not only Kenny Center. All of the all of the venue managers were all friendly with each other, mm-hmm. and you know would would comp each other tickets, or you know when they had people in their organizations. So Kennedy Center was too small a venue for the bigger acts. So. You know, Queen performed there in 75, you know, right when Sheer Heart Attack was hitting, you know, at the beginning of that U.S. tour. By the, the time they're finishing that tour, they would have been too big to to play there. Right. Uh, it's only about 2,400 seat, you know, uh, fine arts concert theater. But, you know, I was able to go to the other venues that were bigger where you'd see the arena shows pretty much, pretty much any time when, you know, school or you know, schedule allowed. So uh, uh, a lot of my arena show experience is in a place called the Capitol Center, which right. is the big classic. It's, uh, it's no longer, it's no longer there anymore, but you know, heavy metal parking lot, exactly. you know, the film. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the parking lot where that was filmed. I, w- I was there. They <laughs> Luckily they didn't interview me. That, <laughs> that wouldn't have been a good look for the kids <laughs> today. <laughs> But we were we were there. But yeah, I got the the, the big venue stuff. I got to see uh, as a result of that hooky, which was which was amazing. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you if one of the bigger venues you went to was was going to be the Capital Center. So yeah, that's a yeah, that's a that was a big name. Capital Center was the place. You know, that was the only game for a big arena. Ta- big arena, unless we would occasionally go to Baltimore. Mm. Um, the Civic Center over there. So that's kind of in between a big 20,000-seat arena and a smaller place like uh, like Kennedy Center. Baltimore Civic Center is kind of in the middle. That's where I saw uh, Van Halen open for Black Sabbath on the Never Say Die tour. Oh, yeah, that one. That's definitely a show that had burned in your memory banks there. Uh Uh-huh. I was talking... Big shit on the way to the show. That Van Halen record, you're not going to hear any of that guitar, whatever it is. That's all studio trickery. You know? <laughs> and Eddie, Eddie came out, and that might be the tightest 35-minute set I ever saw in my life. They they were so good, it like hurt my feelings almost. <laughs> because, 
it was like, God, opening acts that good. And it's Sabbath at that point. I think if you talk to anybody in the, in the Sabbath camp, they'll say that's for, for that first go around that they weren't at their best live probably at that point. So that was the, the two ends of the, spectrums there yeah absolutely and 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 they were ready to go out there and, and kill too they were just super tight and and so yeah oh, they man, could do nothing was, but win it was it was amazing and i mean i'm not like a a big you know super van halen fanboy. i like van halen I mean, van halen's van halen but yeah it was uh it was a whoa <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew you just saw something yeah yeah absolutely so let's talk about Knucklebone. So kind of an interesting name, and, and you actually took this from a teddy bear? It's, we don't have, it's such an ugly little thing. <laughs> I'm not even, it's a bear or a dog. We're not, it's not a good rendition <laughs> of either. But it was all beat up, and the, the head and arm were like hanging on by a couple of threads. And uh, when I'm super little, three, four, five, I guess, that's what my grandmother would give me when it was time to settle down and go to sleep. She'd give me this super fragile little animal that, you know, and say, oh, you have to be, oh, so still. And she called it knuckle bones. She said, oh, knuckle bones. You got to be very careful. So I'd, after being still for a couple of minutes, <laughs> I would I would conk out. But that's, yeah, I, people want to think it's this bone crushing cool name we came up with. And it's grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I was I laughed when I when I read that and thought that was uh that was pretty funny that uh that's actually what it comes cuz I would have thought the same thing with given the product line and everything it just sounds like such a such a metal bone crunching name and it was like, "Oh, okay, stuffed toy." Huh. Gra- All right. <laughs> Gra- Grandma Grandma Robinson came up with that name. <laughs> that's yeah, that is that that's very cool. You're right. It, it definitely fits, you know, what we do. Oh, name. it does. Yeah. Absolutely. And um I gotta say, you just the lines that you put out—they are—they are really cool, and and you can tell just you know the amazing amount of of work that goes into all those that you do because they are just so super detailed. And you know, this I know there's other folks in the market that are you know I won't mention any names, but they pump out it seems like a new product every three hours. And there's a certain sameness about it, but you look at what you guys have in in your lines, and they all have something awesome to offer, you know. And if you're interested in album covers, having those 3D album covers that you do, or you know, like one of my favorite lines you do is um, all the road cases. I really love that line. I don't know why, yeah. but I, I love that line. Mm-hmm. But they're tour, super yeah. detailed. Yeah, I mean the, the same, the same effort, the same process and the amount of of work and detailing goes into everything everything that we do and um so the company's 20 years old this year and we're most known for the what's called rock icons which is the realistic statue line and that's that product line's 20 years old but uh i guess eh, five six years ago we were at uh one of our openings an event and uh, a couple of fans came up and were like, this is so amazing. These are super detailed. This, you know, thanks for, you know, doing something for our band that maybe nobody else would do. 
uh, but we're never going to buy any of this stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what, what was the last part you just said? <laughs> Everything's great, but you're, you say you're a super fan, and thanks, and, but you're, you're, this isn't something you will ever buy. Well, why not? And they said, we're just not into the you know, figure category. I've never had a statue like this. I've never had an action figure, a bobblehead, and I ne- you know, never will. That's just not a category I care about. So we heard that, and then we heard the same thing a couple weeks later at a buyer show in New York. And, you know, we said, we need to fix this. We've got a super fan that just is not into the statuary category. So we need to we need to figure out something for them. And that's where the idea of what we call 3D vinyl came. Every music super fan loved album art, and that's how we connected with the music, you know, for so long. Uh, before the advent of MTV and uh, we thought well let's do something that focuses on that Uh, and that's you know 3D vinyl takes great album art and makes it 3D and the the innovative thing about that was we gave when it ships you can mount it on your desk with an easel Mm. or it has hardware you can wall mount it and that's where we got the, the people that weren't into statuary category. That's kind of where they went, oh, okay, because these, these same people would, you know, frame albums and have them on their wall. Right. right. So yeah. it, you don't have to have a special place to display it or a manor or a person cave or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, I, I like them. I, they're, like, again, everything you do is super detailed. But, you know, again, another product line that I won't mention the name of. They kind of have something they try to do similar, but you look at it and it's just very flat, very plain, and it's pretty much, oh, okay, they stuck a picture behind the thing that they do already. But then you look at, at yeah. yours and it's you just like, oh, God, that is so cool. And it, and it is. It does evoke that whole thing I remember of digging through stacks of vinyl in the record store, and you get that same feeling mm-hmm. with those 3D vinyls. Yeah, you would, I mean... Especially, you know, if it was progressive rock, hard rock, metal, whatever, you know, those genres didn't necessarily exist, you know, a long time ago. That's more in the last 25 years. But um, that's a lot of times how you would select an album to buy. You yeah. know, we, I could buy a record a month, you know, or if, if I, you know, had a lemonade stand or whatever, some extra money, you know, a record was three ninety nine or four ninety nine. And you, if it was hard rock or metal, you FM radios there, but they're not playing Rush. They're not playing ELP really. Uh, other than you know something like Lucky Man, you're not going to hear Black Sabbath or things like that or Kiss. No. Nope. And you flipping through the yeah, other record bins, that album art sometimes would be how you would connect with it and you'd read the liner notes and you'd take a you'd take a shot at it and yeah that's that's, that's how was. i did a lot of mine that was uh-huh. it was just that it was like yeah. oh i just that was gotta have it that was the number one marketing tool for the record industry at that yeah. point that that in the the car if you could get on the cover of circus or hit parader or um cream rolling stones kind of in there but i'm uh. <laughs> I'm too stupid to. I was too stupid to read Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> we all were. 
I just, I didn't want to be politically motivated. I just want some cool snippets about the bands I like and cool pictures. That was. Yeah. I mean, even with Cream, you had Lester Bangs gave you a run for your money, too, on whether or not you were intelligent enough. But at least Cream was, was pretty funny and they took the piss out of things. So. It was, yeah, they were just being silly most of the time. So yeah. that was cool. Yeah. They were kind but, of Kerrang uh, before Kerrang was Kerrang. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Definitely. So, um, so the other product line you mentioned is is a newer one. It's only come in the last five years, mm. and that's the one that we call on tour. So anything that was a tour prop or a piece of you know uh, stage rigging that was iconic, we would put in a road case like it would have traveled back in the day. And uh, so things like the ACDC Hell's Bell or the Pink Floyd Pig. Or the original Kiss uh, lighted sign we put in we put in road cases as limited editions. Yeah, I, and uh, those like I love those things. They are they are just so cool. And I think partly too because it it reminds me of like oh crap I went to that show and oh I, I you know I went and mm -hmm. I saw that live. So what that to me is is why I I really like them is is that and yeah I just got to think about road of, cases. Yeah, I spent a lot of time you know. Uh, surfing road cases and you know riding them down ramps as a kid and, uh -huh. <laughs> you know not, trying not to kill myself but the, the big thing was to not get in trouble to not uh, raise the ire of uh, you know otherwise I had to run in the place now if I'm you know if was the little kids getting in the way or being a pain in the ass then I was cut off so I was careful not to do that I had a pretty good pretty good deal yeah yeah, I again, I, yeah, I really, I think that line when I when I first saw that come out, it was like, oh, this is just really, really well done, and 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 it goes back to that, um, you know, you you pick some of the most visual iconic bands out there too, so it's almost like you have the the pick of such great iconography of what you do. Yeah, I mean, licensing definitely, you know, to to be able to work with big big bands and performers, it's. Mm. easier today than it was at the beginning because we're describing products that nobody's ever seen before. Right. So, you know, now after 20 years, people know, typically know what Knucklebones is and what we do if you're in and around music or high-end high -end collectibles. But back then it was, we hadn't made a lot of stuff. So it was a lot of a lot of shadow puppets and imagine if, and it's going to be cool. Trust us. <laughs> Yeah, and I would imagine too that you know if you went back, um, you know, like to that the major heyday of Kiss, that you would try to do this. I, I don't even think that Bill Coin would have let that out of kind of their control either. But now they kind of they see the sense of actually licensing it to people that can really do things the right way. I mean, Kiss is they're they're so unique. They're they're all. If, if they would issue their own currency, they could basically be a country. You know, the Kiss fan, the Kiss fans, and and the band. There's there's only one of them, and yeah, they're the kings. Yeah, the kings kings of merchandising. And I mean, uh, it wasn't till I guess about seven years ago. Um, somebody from the Kiss management called us and said, you know, what is wrong with you guys? Why haven't you? Why haven't you called us to, to to do Kiss products? And you know, our thinking was that's one of the bands. That there's so much out there, and you know, a lot of it's really good. 
you know, and plenty of things in the figure category. You know, do people really want or need things, you know, from Kiss, from from Knucklebones, and the the management said, "Hey, hey dummies, uh, just trust us. Do do what you do uh, for Kiss. You're going to do just fine, and you will see that uh, the Kiss Army is going to show up every time." Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I noticed that too. You go through the figures, absolutely right, and it's like. Sold out, sold out, sold out. And you see a lot of the KISS ones yeah. are sold out. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, everything we do eventually sells out. Some sell out faster than others. Some we retire mm. before we get to the limited edition number. But once they're gone, we don't ever re-release anything. We have it in 20 years, and we don't have any plans to do it going forward. So we'll hear yeah. people that, for some reason, you know, are just now learning about the product line and they'll go back and see, oh, you did Jimmy Page. You know, are you ever going to release that? How do I get one of those? And our answer is you, you can look on the look on the secondary market. You occasionally see them, but we're not going to release anything that was that we've already sold out of. Right. That yeah. would that would not, not be cool to, you know, we're a music merchandising company, but, you know, we're a, co- a collector's company. We're collectors ourselves and we know something's limited edition and it's retired that's bad form to bring it back yeah we don't do that i got a lot of respect for that too because yeah you you could go ahead and and just oh yeah well hey we did a second edition and it's the same thing or whatever but yeah i I love the integrity you guys have of limited is limited and that's it and i think that's actually paid off for you that i think that means a lot to people they know they can trust that you're not going to do three final tours i mean it's it's that (laughs) Yeah, I think 35 years ago, I was at the first Who farewell tour. <laughs> Brought to us by Schlitz. Yeah. No, that that would yeah that would not be that would not be cool. Now we occasionally will do color variants, where it might be the same design with you know some slight differences that are shorter runs, mm-hmm. but we don't even do a ton of that. Um, there's so much that we haven't done yet that we need to get to, you know, just to go ahead and do a new design is typically what we do. Sure. Yeah. So I'm assuming that when you, when you're actually doing like all these figures that you're still probably doing something like silicone molds to do these, make a mold, cast them uh-huh. through the whole yeah, thing. There's, 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 yeah, this is a fine arts process. So there's no tooling hmm. that, that you'll, you know, you'll see for toys cause they have to make, you know, many many thousands yeah. to make that business work ours is a handmade silicon mold resin poured into the mold by a by a craftsman yeah, taken out it's a clean, lot of work cleaned by skilled people yeah it's so yeah everybody on our team is an artisan of you know some level yeah yeah, I don't. I don't think some people realize just like how labor intensive that is. I know. So, in, you know, the job that pays my bills is um, I work for a company that builds this huge piece of capital equipment. And at one point, we were doing this huge skin panel for it, and it was all cast silicone mold. And you could get so many shots, and then they have to make a new sand mold, and and on and mm-hmm. on. And it was it was just really labor intensive, and and uh, you know just a lot of careful consideration for what you do with that product and. Uh, kind of brought it all back looking at your stuff thinking wow that's just to do the super detailed stuff you guys do from from molds like that that's that's just incredible yeah they you know our molds are set up to they 
they only last about two weeks because mm. of you know to get that really you know malleable surface that allows all the undercuts and the detail to make the molds in that fashion means that it doesn't have much of a shelf life. Right. So you're going to typically cast you know hundreds of pieces with a mold like that, and then it's it's no good, and you you know. So we will maybe go through a dozen molds to make, you know, the production run itself. And the second, you know, the the detail starts to suffer, we we retire that mold and go to a new one. Right. Yeah, no, and, and I have you know, a lot of respect for that, too, because some people that might have lesser consideration for the, you know, the, the artistry of doing that would go, oh, you know, I could probably just create an STL file and run it on a 3D printer and clean it up from there and all that. But the fact that you guys are doing it in this really, you know, like, like you said, is a craftsmanship there and it shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we have all the tricks available to us. Knuckle bones 20 years old, but you know, I was involved in the very beginning of computer graphics and 3d, you know, 30 plus years ago. So we've been aware of those tools always they're now getting to the point where they they can do some good things but you know rock star hair things like that <laughs> it's still best to do that yeah do that by hand absolutely yeah i, I agree yeah it's it is it's definitely it's really cool to talk to you about this stuff too and and I've just kind of always admired the stuff you guys put out. And I just remember the first, first time I came in, where are you was, uh, was a Lemmy statue. And I can't remember who had it, but then a few weeks later, I see somebody else in the business had it, had like the same one. It was kind of like, what does everybody have this Lemmy statue? And like, where did this come from? And I was like, ah, that's so cool. That's funny. Like you, know, you get a new car, you're interested in it. And then all of a sudden you think, I never see this car. And then until you get interested in it, and then they're like all over the road. <laughs> Same thing. Um, so yeah, Lemmy. We've done uh, two different statue designs for Lemmy and some other Motorhead stuff. So we did a an older Lemmy where he's wearing the the black right uh, the black uh, uh, soldier's hat. I don't even know what the hell to call it. And then we did the you know, original Motorhead with Lemmy the, the, in front of the mic. We also did the War Pig for 3D mm-hmm. vinyl. That's a that's a cool design. That is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just could just remember. Just every time I'd see, uh, you know, an interview or or a picture, like someone had it on their desk, and it was just like this Motorhead statue was everywhere, and like this, I, it's so cool. Yeah, that's we've. Um, I guess we we when we do our first uh, Motorhead thing about a decade ago. Mm. Uh, one of our uh, the people that works for us in customer service actually was a really good friend of Lemmy all the way up until he passed away for like 40 years wow back back in the day was was out traveling in the music scene so one of the one of the things that i end up collecting is mini guitars have you ever thought about getting into doing uh, anything like classic instrument stuff nah, you know it, when we do a you know a rock icons piece the guitar has to be done at scale so we right. do the, we do guitars in the course of that, but um, there's a couple companies doing uh, a really good job with the mini guitar stuff. So we're just going to kind of stay in our lane there. Uh, yeah, no, no plans. Because I mean, I look at I look at the ones I have, and from a distance, you go, "Oh, that looks pretty cool." But then you get really close up, and you're like, 
eh, well, it's, you know, this kind of missing this and missing that and stuff. And, and then I think that you look at your stuff you do, and even up close, it's almost like looking at an Iron Maiden album cover. You keep discovering, like, little details you didn't notice before. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fun. That's, I mean, that's like in the day, right? You, you would stare at that album for hours and, you know, and then occasionally say, oh, I didn't... I didn't see that little guy down there in the Rainbow Rising album from Ken Kelly. There's a little guy at the edge of the cliff that you don't notice right away. <laughs> Always those cool moments. Yep. Yeah, Ken Kelly was good for that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, that's one thing I, I love about your stuff is that, you know, you can just kind of, you start looking at it and, and you just you just find, like, something you didn't notice before. And you it's you, you don't skimp on any of that. You, it just seems like everything you do is quality. <laughs> We try not to. I mean, I can honestly say, you know, band big or small, you know, the same level of effort and planning and, you know, design and artistry goes into every, everything we do. They all, they all have the same level of care with how they're, they're created. Now that said, you know, is every piece that we've ever done perfect and exactly like we wanted of course not everything you do do can't be the best thing that you ever done you've ever done there's been a few productions that i got to the end and went "Mm." (laughs) but uh i won't tell you i won't tell you which 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 ones those are that's like your they're like our children right right people ask what's your what's your favorite i have to say i don't have one (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i can appreciate that though that you know, because it is, it, it's a piece of art. And like, so my girlfriend, her older sister actually owns a ceramics company and they do, you know, all like all different ornaments, all kinds of stuff. And I just, it's the same thing. I see stuff that she's like, this is great. And, and everybody likes it. And then there's the thing that I thought was a great idea, but when it's all said and done and people have executed it and it's been glazed and fired and it's, eh, didn't quite live up to what I was thinking it was going to be. So, but again, same thing. It's all it's all hand done. A lot of pride taken into it. So, you know, I can get a lot of appreciation just from talking to her about the same kind of stuff that you do as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like I say, you can't. Everything's not going to be the best thing you ever you ever did. So there's there's things we've we've missed on. But the favorite piece is usually just what I'm working on at the time that nobody knows about yet. Those are. Because they're 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 a lot you know they're a lot they're alive right? right when when a project gets finished and it, the production is wrapped and I hand it off to the operations and marketing people I never yeah, I never go back and deal with it and it you know it may or may not be up in the studio you know I won't see it anymore yeah I'm on to I'm on to the new thing so I I noticed one of the other the, one of the other new things you guys are, are working on now and or partnering on is uh, beers. And I thought those were those were very cool. I, I like the ACDC high voltage and the uh, the the power up. And of course, unfortunately, power I'm up, in yeah. one of the ten states that you can't have alcohol uh, shipped to. But I thought they were very cool. Yeah, the the whole the alcohol thing. You know what we you know, our our goal there was to be able to do some of the dr- same direct to consumer things that we do with collectibles. Mm. And you know, someone someone like yourself. Yeah, they may or may not take a you know uh, an ACDC or a Pantera beer at retail, 
Um, so we, you know, the idea of being able to do direct to consumer like we do on the collectible side was the idea. And, you know, we've proved the point and fans definitely like it and want it. The unfortunate thing is the, the, the laws surrounding what you can and can't do with, uh, with beer in particular are just so onerous uh-huh. that, uh, you know, we, we spend most of our time trying to get around, you know, or you know, figure out how to get something to somebody and not violate some stupid law that was written by a mob attorney after the fall of Prohibition, which is when those laws were written, by the way. That's why it's so hard to get a beer to a fan yeah. that we're involved with. So, yeah, the, I mean, we, we just released the Black Sabbath, the, uh, Man Logger right at uh, right at the end of last year, and it, the first batch sold out uh, immediately. And I, I, within a week, the empty cans are selling on eBay for forty dollars. <laughs> I mean, the empty can. So the the person that sold that can made more on the uh, the empty can than we made on a case of beer. I am in intense pain, Tinky. Uh huh. So yeah, we definitely we're going about it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pour it's, the beer I, out and sell the can. Focus. I'm guilty of like with with Iron Maiden's Trooper that you know they do have a somewhat retail distribution and so whenever I actually mm-hmm. get to find one that I haven't had it's like ooh I got to get this and I'm going to save the bottle and I recap it and so I've got like every one of those that I've ever tried I have and so that was part of when I saw that you guys were doing the beers too I was like oh these are so cool yeah, but like I say, it's 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 been so frustrating. I, we're probably going to be ramping down the the beverage series because there's just so much out of our control, and it's just so frustrating to you know do what we know fans want, and this the the business itself, the category, just doesn't really allow it. So um, we we uh, we worked at that for the better part of two years, but I, I think we're probably going to be ramping down there. Unless you wanted to do the beer, easy thing, right? Beer, you, could, you could just go ahead and not put beer in the can, and then you can sell the can with the awesome artwork everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah, we can make more money. We can't make more time. We should <laughs> probably just spend, spend it yeah. you know, on what people know us uh, for. But sure. um, we are working on some new uh, things that are going to come out on the, the digital collectible side that will mm-hmm. be happening toward the end of the year. Oh, cool. Um, as I mentioned, I've personally been involved in 3D computer graphics longer than Knucklebones. Mm-hmm. Knucklebones is 20 years old. So we know how to do some amazing digital 3D things, so we're going to uh, do what we do in the physical world, bring it to digital, but uh, we're going to give you some amazing eye candy to uh, to be able to enjoy these things that things you can't do in the real world. Nice. Uh, well, well, well beyond, you know, NFT and blockchain, and here's an animated GIF. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's going to be 3D and uh, super cool. Wow. Well, I'll be looking forward to seeing that. It's because yeah, it's like this any fall, this fall. I think we'll be ready. Nice, the fall. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the uh, we're going to work with uh, the Misfits and Death initially on that, and some other bands, uh, and then. You know, 
eventually, you'll, one of the things we get asked all the time is, if I want to see all of the knuckle bones work over 20 years, where can you do it? And we, we're so busy doing the next thing, it tends to be build and move on. Yeah. So in the digital world, you'll be able to go and there'll be a knuckle bones museum where you'll be able to see everything for the last 20 years in a museum like setting. It'll be, it'll be cool. And you'll be able to buy some things and. Wow. That sounds actually really amazing. I would be, I'd be definitely psyched to be able to go through that and, and see all that. Yeah. And it's probably, and it we, probably with, is more gratifying than a book as well. I mean, we're a visual, you know, medium, right? It's, yeah. a, it's a visceral statuary thing that, uh, but yeah, we got asked that, um, some of the podcasts we've done recently and it's, you know, where, where can we go and get the accounting of everything that you've done? And it's like, well, it exists in the vault over there. We, you know, we still have the originals of everything we've done, but the website, you know, tends to focus on what's, what's new and what's in stock. So yeah. the older pieces don't have any info there right now. So we'll be revamping the, the website to accommodate this new digital stuff we're doing, but then we're going to catalog and collectors will be able to go back and see what they missed, if nothing else. Yeah, and, and that's good. One thing is, you know, your website is super, super clean, easy to navigate. And for those guys that you don't know, it is, it's knucklebones.com, and it's B-O-N-Z. And I like the fact that you don't have you know, pages and pages of a thing that you did once 15 years ago and you don't have any more of, but it's it's all very current, broken down, very easy to navigate through everything, collections, the whole thing. And um, you can just get to where you need to go very quickly. And it's just a very, very clean site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that that's on purpose because, you know, the, it, it is a web, you know, marketplace ultimately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're there, we assume and we, you know, people are there too because they're interested in things that they can actually buy. That's right. why the idea, the idea of a, a museum that's at a separate site that focus on digital, you know, now if you're there and you, you've entered that place, the assumption is that's why you're there. You want to go back and be able to see some of these things that are no longer, no longer available. Yeah. And, the second, the secondary market will like that because that will make everything you know that's older and sold out even more, even more <laughs> valuable. But Very that true. you know we don't we don't dictate the price of that. This, the fans decide what you know sold out local bones pieces are worth, not right. not us. Cool. So anything else you want to let people know about today with what's going on with knuckle bones uh, or things other things? Well, to look there's a product to? launch. Yeah, there's a product launch tomorrow. Uh, okay. So it's uh, May eleventh. Uh, so we're dropping a three D vinyl for uh, Ghost tomorrow. Oh, cool! So the 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 second record, Infant Missinum. Oh God, <laughs> I can't that 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 uh, Latin phrase, yep. which means you know the the most heinous. Um, it's when Ghost, the second studio record, when they really started to gain mm. gain momentum. Uh, and the whole Papa Emeritus thing uh, started to really take grip. So that drops tomorrow, and that's going to be a super rare run. Where normally when we do 3D vinyl, we'll set the edition number at the year the album was released. Mm. 
But in this case, we're going to do a super rare drop, so there's only going to be 333 of these wow. that are cast. So they're super rare. So that the, and the ghost fans are super super passionate. Yeah, um, and those are very so detailed album covers. Those guys do too. So that must have been a lot of fun for you guys to do this. Oh, I, I, that band, you know, just the production value and, and the uh, the fun with the whole bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's heavy metal and cool, but you know, Tobias has has good fun with everything he does, which is which is which is which is awesome. You don't always you don't always get that. Uh, Randy Rhodes uh, color variants are coming, so the the latest Randy Rhodes that we've got in the red leather, which is um, Blizzard of Oz era, so like eighty 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 one. We're gonna he had a brown version of that. Uh, same costume, so we're going to do the brown leather and then do uh, only 250 with the polka dot guitar and 250 with the white Concord. That's uh, coming. I'm looking at, I'm uh, looking at my uh, both of my miniature ones of those right now as we speak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, we have a new set from Slayer coming. That's one of our most requested since the Slayer came and went. We did the first set. Mm seven years ago so a new Slayer set and sculpting Kiss Destroyer is going to drop this year you've even got something that's kind of a genre bender have you seen the uh, you seen the parody picture of Bruce Lee behind the uh, turntables um okay like yeah, he's a yeah. DJ yep yeah, it, uh, Tony Stark actually wears the t-shirt of that in one of the Avengers films mm-hmm. um the eldest people contacted us and uh, in the course of that, they're like, "Have you ever thought about doing a sculpt of Bruce Lee?" And Bruce Lee'd be amazing, but you know, we're a music merchandising company. And they said, "Here, take a look at this." And they sent a picture of that parody, and it, I just thought it was so cool. Uh, we've got a collectible. It's going to be Bruce Lee DJ Dragon, so it's going to be him <laughs> behind the turntables with the cool sunglasses, headphones. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, Bruce Lee, Spin of the Dragon. Yeah. DJ Dragon. <laughs> so we got that. We got that coming, and um, some other stuff. I, uh, I can't really give up on some of the newer stuff. But there'll be uh, there'll be product launch or two every month through the end of the year. We'll take August off, um, but we're going to do a summer sale in August. Mm-hmm. Because our stuff's limited edition and um, officially licensed, we don't discount typically. We don't do a lot of sales. Yep. And we might we might do a holiday, you know, a, a Christmas sale. But we're going to do a summer sale uh, in August. So um, pieces that are older, maybe getting ready to retire, there's uh, there'll be a chance for collectors on that. But. Um, other than that, we just keep at it, and then the digital stuff's going to come in the fall. So we're we're twenty four seven around here doing all this all this cool stuff. Nice. So yeah, I guess so. I guess the basically the the bottom line there is that if you really like what Knuckle Bones is doing, it's you know keep tabs on what's going on on the website and and check in regularly and and uh, you know just don't think that it's 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 a static thing. You guys are definitely sounds like always adding stuff on there and always have something new to. To uh, check out. There's a place to get on the mailing list. We don't, uh, you know, we typically will do one a month, so we're not going to hammer you with, hey, this today in Knucklebones. Um, but we also do a blog. Hmm. 
that will have a couple of entries a month that, you know, that's the place where I will actually go and share some intel on something that we're working on. that's not public yet. So if you follow the blog, you might get a, the insider when something's going to drop or an occasional promo code if you're paying attention. So okay. uh, the blog, just, just go to the website and you know, that's something you could just, sign up for and you'll get a you'll get a notice anytime anything's new all right yeah that's that's definitely a, a good way to do it and easy so yeah uh i think i'll be adding my name to that to uh keep tabs on stuff because yeah, uh, i do love uh, your so, stuff thank you so let, let me ask you a question I, I typically ask this of everybody um of people we have not done yet what's who are you waiting to see the most Something we have not done in 20 years. Don't ever remember, and you may have done it, but I don't ever remember seeing any uh, early 80s, late 70s, like Eddie Van Halen stuff. So that's a that's an interesting story. Maybe we'll sign off with that. So Knuckle Bones has been in business a couple of years, in like 2005. Hmm. So there's no Van Halen at that point. So we start to reach out to Eddie's management group and it would be a different group every year and we'd get the <laughs> same thing. Um, Ed says, thank you very much. This is just not something he's interested in doing right now. Um, and then after about eight years of that, so then uh, 2008 or nine, uh, I get this weird email from an AOL email address. And it says, hey, this is Eddie. Uh, I understand you wanted to do some statue project. My manager didn't actually tell me about this. Yeah, please call me, I wanna know what it's about. So I'm I'm thinking this is, you know, of course this is a friend trying to, you know, <laughs> try to goof, goof with me and I'm like, all right. But the, they went to the trouble of creating a fake email address and they put a cell phone number in there and it's a three one Oh, so I'll play along. So I call it and I'm like, huh, this is a voicemail. Well, they actually went to a lot of trouble. That actually sounded like Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> the message. So about 10 minutes later, the phone rings and it's Eddie. And I'm like, Hey, Ed, how are you? Good, good. Now tell me about this. Cause my manager didn't tell me about it. And this actually sounds pretty cool. I told him what we were up to, and he says, "Okay, that sounds that sounds good. Can we, you know, deal with this after the holiday?" It was like right before Thanksgiving. I said, "Oh yeah, of course." So I contact him after Thanksgiving. Can't raise him on the phone. There's a new management group, and then we went back to Ed. Says, "Thanks very much for contacting me, but <laughs> not not interested." So I'm like, "Oh God!" So every year we would we would contact the whatever management group and uh, so it's about two years ago now uh, I get a call from Ed's attorney that used to be the lead counsel at Cinder so they knew each other from way back and he was handling all of Ed's stuff and he said you know Ed was reminded of you know this project some time ago you're still interested in doing it and I'm like, of course so we worked for pretty much a year um, getting it ready and it's Eddie in 1978 just like he looked like on that tour when I saw him open for Sabbath so it's the white the white Frankenstrat the yeah. sparkly white shirt maroon pants white shoes his back line 
speakers with the speaker bomb. Uh-huh. And it's all done. And we were just in the final stages, uh, you know, before we would, uh, you know, start the, the marketing and the pre-sales and everything, and Ed passes away. So we didn't get to the final, you know, approvals and everything. And when Ed, when he passed, now all the businesses and everything that is, you know, Eddie Van Halen all have to kind of be restructured and right. dealt with. So that's finished. And it used to be up here in the studio, and I've since just had him take it down mm. and put it away because I just, uh, I just got it made me sad to see it that sure. it might never see the light of light of day because everything we do is officially licensed. We won't ever release anything without the the artist's okay. So in that case, you know that one's done. It's <laughs> just we uh, we just need to all clear to uh, to do it. Wow, that is like that's the perfect year and everything. That's a that would be a that would definitely be a home run. At least for me, I know it would be. But, uh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie's our number one. Yeah, and I mean, he's over the life of the company. I'd say you know we get requests for literally every artist you can think of, but I think consistently Eddie's the one. And 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 it's always like, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> You know, why are you not doing, you know, Eddie? And we'll, we'll actually get that for a lot of artists. And, you know, typically if it's an amazing artist, that would be a cool piece. If it's missing, there's, there's a reason for it. We didn't, like, you know, forget right. about yeah. somebody that's important. It's just, it has to be official and everybody has to be able to agree and yeah. and, and do the business side of it. And that's the unfortunate thing. This is a business. Sure. But yeah, it does bring it all the way back around, though, because you you know talk about going to see them at the Capitol Center and being like, yeah, this band isn't going to happen or whatever. But it, and it took a long time, but eventually you yeah. did have something with Eddie that d- came true. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was very specific. You're not going to hear what that guitar player is doing. <laughs> that's not that's studio chicanery. And this is me. You know, I'm, I was you know I'm the art guy. I can't play a lick of an instrument ever, but I was just sure that that was not real. <laughs> and <laughs> boy, was it real. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Definitely. All right, Tony. I tell you, it's it's awesome to talk with you. You are definitely, you got new stuff you want to talk about, big news. Always very happy to have you come back on Focus on Metal and let everybody know what's going on with with knuckle bones because you know we we tend to talk to artists album you know album artists we talk to you know managers producers like everything so this is definitely a part of the music scene and it, it's it's great to have uh, have you on the on the show well i pre- appreciate it helping us get the word out yep absolutely all right, Tony. Well, you have a good rest of your night. And again, thank you for uh, for taking a, a lot of time this afternoon to uh, to talk to me and let everybody know everything going on over at Knucklebones. Cool, man. Thanks. All right. There you go. There is my chat with Tony Simerman, CEO, Creative Director of Knucklebones. And I will say that as of today, so on May 15th, they still had some of the uh, Ghost Special Edition, the one that he talks about with only 333 being available. 
They still had those available for pre-order. So if you're into that, especially the 3D album covers or Ghost, either way, you want to check that one out. I think once you see it, you're going to want to get it. And as of right now, there are still some available, which I'm actually surprised since it's been a few days since I actually talked to Tony. But you definitely want to check that out. Also on pre-order up there is they have a nice Cliff Burton, Cliff Em All that's also in the Rock Icon series. They got a pre-order going for that one. And as Tony mentioned, you know, if you want to find out about this stuff real time, you just go up there, you can click on the link to get added to the mailing list. And he's true to his word. They don't flood your inbox with stuff. I did it actually right after I talked to Tony. And I think since that time, I got uh, the announcement on the ghost thing. And I think one other email. So guy is good to his word about uh, them not abusing their email list participants. And again, you want to check all this out. It's knucklebones.com, K-N-U-C-K-L-E-B-O-N-Z.com. And if that wasn't enough, Tony did a really, really cool thing for us. And if you stuck all the way through this episode and you're here at the end, then you get to hear this. But he is offering us a 10% off valid for two weeks from the airing of this episode. So this episode is going to go live on Tuesday, May 16th. So for the next two weeks from that date, you'll get a 10% off if you use the following code, capital F, small O, capital M, PC10, capital K, capital B, capital Z. And I'll also have that up on the show notes as well. So if you go to focusonmetal.net or focusonmetalpod.com. In the show notes for episode 568, you'll find that code in writing there. And big thanks to Tony and everybody at Knucklebones for that generous offer, especially when Tony even said they really don't do sales, except for the summer and, you know, the ones he mentioned. But, you know, hey, you get this other one. You're at Focus on Metal. You get the little private sale so trying to, trying to work it for you. So again, big thanks, Tony, and everybody at Knucklebones for that. All right. So yeah, I felt a little weird to be back in the interview saddle this week because Richie's been covering it for years. But uh, yeah, there you go. And hopefully, you know, that you don't really hear much noise. Honestly, I was shocked because I had two giant picker cranes working directly outside my windows. I had them drilling and crashing shit in and i mean just the amount of of beeping and banging and drilling and diesel engines revving and all this it i was shocked when i listened to the audio and even tony was like i i didn't hear anything after i apologized to him for all the noise so really happy with how the mics have been performing and uh yeah good stuff but again yeah kind of feels weird to be back and doing the interview stuff and i'm sure we'll have uh, more good stuff on the way Hopefully you enjoyed it this week. And again, big thanks to Tony for taking a lot of time out and uh, talking to us all about what's going on with Knucklebones. Again, make sure you guys check out what they give out over there because they have got some killer stuff that is definitely not mass-produced crap. It's artisan stuff, craftsmanship with every piece that they're putting out. And I'm not just saying that because we had Tony on the show. I've seen this stuff and it's amazing. But anyways, for this week... That's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie and myself, 
Have yourselves a good Meta Week. And until we talk to you again next time, as always, remember... Focus on metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.